Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 7th, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. Like in this world, most of us want to be a success. I don't think I've, I, I've never met anybody that doesn't want to be a success, but people go about it a lot of different ways. And so I grew up in, a, in an area in East New York, Brooklyn, where people, people did illegal things. You know, there was a lot of illegal activity going on because that's how they went about pursuing success. A lot of those people wound up dead or in jail. Uh, and uh, that was not the best possible route, right? Other people do other things. And so even if you do a, a good thing or a righteous thing, but you do it the wrong way, you do it with human power, human ability, human strength, then you can actually be pursuing success with your ability. You could be full of pride or maybe even if you're not full of pride because you're relying on yourself and not relying on God, your body can break down. You can be stressed out. You could pull your hair out. You get no sleep. You have no peace. You don't have peace in your soul. Why? Because we were never designed that way. We were never designed. Put this in the chat. I was never designed to live without God. Or you could say in the chat, I was never designed to live without the grace of God. As a believer, I want you to know that you were designed to rely on God. You were designed to walk on this planet with a total reliance and dependence on the designer, the one who sent you to this planet, your divine creator, Yahweh, our God. So we were designed to rely on him for everything. But you can say that and put that in the chat. I rely on God for everything. When I'm relying on God for everything, when he is the source, he is my source and my supply. Uh, he is He is my center and circumference. He's, he's everything. Like, I mean, there's nothing I can do without him. Without him, I am nothing. When you live that way, you have that understanding that you are rooted and grounded in God, his goodness, his grace, his favor, his mercy towards you. And everything that you do, you do it in his name. You do it for his glory. You're doing it to glorify him. And everything that you do, the Bible says, whether you eat or drink, do all unto the glory of God, that you are on this planet to glorify his name. Then when you get to that point and your life is all about him and you just care about doing whatever God wants you to do, you will live an amazing life. I'm a witness and it will be the life that God sent you to this planet to accomplish. So the title of today's message, Pursuing Grace-Based Success, part 35. So we're seven weeks into this. I trust that you've been enjoying the series. The title of today's message is you need God's grace for everything. You need God's grace for everything. Put that in the chat. Say, I need God's grace for everything. Get ready to receive. All right, so I need God, God's grace for everything. Let's talk about it. Our foundational scriptures, Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. So look at me. If you're born again, you were saved by the grace of God. It was a gift. It was nothing you did. All you did was receive the gift when you believed. So you did not save yourself. It was a gift from God. All you could do with the gift is receive it. You're not saved by the things that you have done. So you have nothing to boast about. If you're going to boast, you got to boast in him. You can't boast in you because you didn't do anything. Verse 10 says, 
God has made us what we are. Put that in the chat. God has made me who I am. Whatever I am, whatever I'm not, God has made us what we are. And in Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we could spend the remainder of our days performing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So there's some good works that we're supposed to be doing. We're not doing the, we're not working to receive the grace. So we're not working for grace. We're working by grace. Put, put it in the chat. I have work to do. Say that out loud. I have work to do. God has called me to do some things. And so I need to get to work. I have work to do. In first Corinthians chapter one, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. This puts all the emphasis on Jesus, none of the emphasis on us. Now, God has united us with Christ Jesus. Now, for our benefit, God made him, Jesus, to become wisdom itself. And he made me right with him because of Jesus. Say, I am the righteousness of God by faith. And so, so I have access to wisdom. I'm the righteousness of God. And the text says, God made me pure. God made me holy. God freed me from sin. It's all of that is because of Jesus. None of that is because of me. So verse 31 says, therefore, if you're going to boast, you have to boast in him because you didn't do anything. It's all about him. It's not about us. I'm taking the emphasis and the spotlight off of you and putting the emphasis and the spotlight where it deserves. And that's on God and his goodness and his grace and the plans he already made for us from the foundations of the world. So if you want to be a success, it has to be about him. It's not about you. And then in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says, God saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I'm going to break that down today and so a little bit later, so I'm not going to address it now. So studying the grace of God, I've been studying, I've been preaching for 27 years, but I started studying the grace of God about uh, 10 years ago, 2012, a little bit over 10 years ago now. And so I've been studying the grace of God in earnest for about a decade, a little bit over a decade. And um, while before the last 10 years, I understood faith, I thought, you know, a little bit, uh, but it was the, the, the revelation of God's grace that helped me get a better understanding of, of our faith. And so now I, I believe I'm able to walk with God with a, a greater level of understanding. And, and that doesn't mean that I know it all. I mean, like obviously 10 years from now, I should know, you know, have a better understanding that I have right now. At the end of the day, we're all growing and evolving. And the Bible says that we see now is almost like uh, through a veil, right? I mean, like we our understanding is limited. And so as we're walking with God, all of us, just like doctors are practicing, we're just trying to get better understanding so we can understand how to live this life that this life of faith that we're called to live. So all I can do is share with you what I've learned over the last 27 years and share it with you in a way that prayerfully you can understand. So one of the things that I teach a lot about is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And re and the reason why I do that is because for me anyway, and, and my family and the way I was raised, there was a lot of emphasis on rules and religion and rites and rituals and routines and tradition-based stuff that really within the eyes of God doesn't have a lot of value. And so I, I, I was able to do all those things. And as a kid, I memorized a bunch of things that I had to do. I remember Sister Gregoria, who was my catechism teacher, uh, Sister Gregoria knew that I had a, almost like a photographic memory. And so I remember for my, for my first communion, she would say, uh, like, you know, our class was there. And then they would say, she would say, oh, well, at this point, the priest is going to say, what, what is he going to say, Ricardo? And then I would like, you know, I knew it from memory. So I would say, he would say this, and then we have to say this. And then he would say this. Then we have to say this. And he would say this. And then we have to do this or whatever. And I had, you know, the things that 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 were repeatable 
I had all of those things memorized, but you know what I didn't know? I didn't know Jesus. <laughs> and so I didn't come to know Jesus until I was 23 years old. And therein lies the danger of, of religion and rites and rituals and routines. And, and that has nothing to do with just the church that I grew up in. You could grow up in any church and be religious. And my point is that you need to know Jesus for yourself. And so we've learned that the old covenant was not designed to make us right with God. The old covenant was designed to show us how wrong we are and to serve this purpose. You need to say that out loud. You need to come to that understanding, or you can put it in the chat. The old covenant was not designed to make me right. The old covenant was designed to show me that I'm wrong. So the old covenant, the rules was, were designed to show you that you're not good enough, that, that if it were rules-based, we all deserve to go to hell. And so because of the rules, we were made wrong. That's why the apostle Paul says that the Ten Commandments is the ministry of death, because without the rules, you wouldn't know that you're wrong. And so now we needed a savior. That savior came. His name is Jesus. And so the more I think about the, the new covenant and how we receive eternal life by faith, but it comes through the grace of God. And then I've been teaching about success years ago, and now I'm about to get into this. I'll, I'll get into the word now. But years ago, I remember I was about to go preach on something that was like purpose-based about success, but I was meditating on the grace of God for eternal life. And I said to God, I said, God, I need to stop thinking about salvation right now. I need to start thinking about success because I'm about to go preach on success. And the Holy Spirit said the same rules apply. And I knew exactly what he meant. What he was saying is that the same grace that you needed for salvation, eternal life, is the same grace that you need to become a godly success in this world to accomplish what God sent you to this earth to accomplish. So the title of today's message is, once again, you need grace for everything. You need grace for everything. Say, I need grace for everything. All right, so what does this mean for you today? I'm going to give you five things this morning, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. All right, so number one, God did not expect you to earn your way to heaven based on human effort, because you can't. God provided you eternal life through his son, and, and this gift of eternal life is a gift. And it, God offers the gift of eternal life to everyone everywhere. He offers it by his unearned and amazing grace. So God doesn't expect you to earn your way to eternal heaven because you cannot. God expects you to receive. You can't go to heaven because of human effort. God expects you to receive salvation, eternal life by faith, and your faith lays hold of God's grace so that you could be born again, right? So in the same way that the grace of God is available to you for salvation, in the same way, God's grace is available to you for you to accomplish what you were sent to this planet to accomplish. So, so say this, I have grace for earthly success. Just like you had grace for salvation, you have grace for earthly success. Number two, we've been looking at 2 Timothy 1 and 9 for weeks. So let, let's break it down, uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 9. I just read it to you. I'm going to read it to you again. God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So let's break this down. God say, say, say this, say, God saved me and called me. So God saved you and called you. Uh, now let's talk about that for a minute. We've already covered the fact that eternal life, if you're saved, if you're born again, it came through the grace of God. So you cannot be saved by works. You can only be saved by grace, but God didn't just save you. God saved you and called you. So you were not saved by anything that you did. You were saved by the grace of God. All you did was accept the free gift of eternal life by faith. So if you're born again, and all God wanted you to do was to be saved from hell, or what some people call fire insurance, if all God wanted, look at me real quick, if you're born again, 
if all God wanted was for you to get born again, then you would be dead. You would be dead and gone and in heaven with God. But the fact that you're still here, God didn't just save you from hell by grace. God left you here. And the reason that he left you here is because you have a purpose. You have a divine assignment. And now that you're born again, Ephesians 2 and 10 that we've been looking at for weeks says you're supposed to spend the rest of your life doing the good works that God had before ordained for you to do, but you can't even do those works by human effort. It has to be all by grace. God called you with the holy calling, the text says, so that your life could be about something that's bigger than just you. So your life is not about you or your selfish desires. God saved you and called you with a holy calling because God wants to be the central character in your life story. When people read the story of Lynn Childs or Tony Black or Crystal Williams or Jana Lewis or Isabella Pena, Victoria Marshall, uh, Monique Farrell. When God reads the story, when people read the story of your life, God wants to be the star on every page. And so for that to happen, we must embrace the grace of God to do what he sent us to this planet to do. The text says God saved us and called us according to his own purpose and grace, not our works. It was not based on works. It is not works-based. It is grace-based. So God didn't save you and call you by your works. God saved you and called you to a holy calling because of his purpose and his grace. He gave us his purpose. He gave us his grace. He gave us both in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So not only did God save you by grace, you're born again, but God called you to a divine assignment. And that's also by the grace of God. So post salvation, you're supposed to walk in the grace of God. You got it? Number three, the same God who offered you grace for salvation offers you grace for success. So, so say this, say, I have grace for success. The same God who gave me grace for salvation, that same God has given me grace for earthly success. So I have to embrace the grace of God to walk in the success that God called me to walk in. So God offers you eternal life by grace right? So most Christians don't have a problem with accepting that. Most Christians are not going to argue with me that you can't go to heaven based on works, that you go to heaven based on grace. So most Christians understand that. You accept the free gift of eternal life by grace. But here's what's crazy is the same Christians that will say, okay, um, I know that I embrace the grace for eternal life. And, and I know that I'm not saved because of what I do. I'm saved because of what Jesus did. Those same Christians well, then turn around and say, okay, now that I'm born again by the grace of God, now I'm here, born again, it's the grace of God, but now I have to go do these works. These same Christians will turn around and then try to perform the works that they're called to do, and they will try to perform those works with human power, human ability, human strength, which is crazy. Just like you couldn't make it to heaven with human effort, you can't accomplish your assignment with human effort. Just like God didn't expect you to attain eternal life without God, without him, because he gave you salvation by grace. God doesn't expect you to attain success without him. Put, put it in the chat. I can never become a success without God. I can never become a success without God. I can't make it to heaven without God, and I can't become a success without God. The same God that gave me grace for eternal life gives me grace for success. Say amen to that. Number four, the grace of God is a free gift. In, in uh, Romans 11 and 6, the apostle Paul says, you know, grace is a gift, y'all, and you can't work for it because if you start working for it, then it's no longer a gift. It will become a payment. If I give you a gift, but then you try to pay me for it, then now, now the gift is no longer a gift. 
And so, so the same God that gave me grace for salvation, free, is giving me grace for earthly success, and it's free. I can never do anything without God. Everything that I am and everything that I'm not, I put it all in his hands. If you're born again, listen, and you're still breathing, it's because God wants to use you. You cannot become the man or the woman that God called you to be without the grace of God. You need a grace for eternal life, and you need grace, the very same grace that God gave you for eternal life. God gives you this amazing grace so that you could become the man or the woman that God called you to be. Number five, and finally, I'll close with this. When you get to heaven, there will be two judgments. Say two judgments. There will be two judgments when you get to heaven. Judgment number one, the father will say, why should I allow you into my heaven? Like, you know why? Now, if you start saying, well, I did it. Well, I did. No, you're going down the wrong road and you will never get into heaven based on your works. You will never get into heaven based on human effort. If God says, why should I allow you into my heaven? The only answer is because Jesus, your son, is my Lord. I am righteous, not because of what I do. Not, I am righteous, not because of what I failed to do. I am only righteous because of what Jesus did. In 1 John 4 and 17, which we quote all the time, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. If you back it up to verse 16, on verse 16 says, on the day of judgment, I'm going to be able to stand before God with boldness, with all confidence. Why? Because as Jesus is, so am I in this world. It's all because of Jesus, not because of me. I am going to get into heaven because of Jesus, not because of my works, not because I'm good, but because God is good and Jesus is good and there's no other reason, say amen to that. Say that's the first judgment. That's the first judgment. Now, let's talk about the second judgment. Now, once you get past that and you actually get into heaven and we're in, now the second judgment, God is going to say, now what did you do with the one life I gave you? You only have one life and I gave you one life and what did you do with it? What, you, what did you do with the one life I gave you? Now, what, what God is going to do at that point is take all of your works and put them into two buckets. One bucket is going to be labeled gold, silver, precious stones. The other bucket is going to be labeled wood, hay, and stubble. This one over here, gold, silver, precious stones, is going to be all the things that you did that you were led by the Holy Spirit to do that aligned with your purpose. This one over here, wood, hay, and stubble, is going to be all the things that you did on your own, human power, human ability, human strength. Both buckets will be tried by the fire, will be tested by the fire. Everything in this bucket is going to be burnt up. Everything in this bucket is going to remain. Uh, that's why, you know, old folks used to tell us only what you do for God is going to last. Only what you do for God is going to last. So we're doing what we do in God's name for his glory. Those things will last. Everything else is going to be burnt up. Everything else was human power, human ability, human strength, human effort. And so at the end of the day, just like you needed grace to get into heaven, God gave you grace so that you can have a lot of stuff on this side, on, in this bucket. And everything that you have in this bucket, you did it by the grace of God. Everything that stays in this bucket that goes through the fire and comes out on the other side of the fire, and God says, yep, th these are all the things that you did for me. You did all of those things by the grace of God. You couldn't come into heaven without grace, and you can't fill up this bucket without grace. We need grace for everything. You got it? And so that was the whole point of today's message. You can't go into heaven without the grace of God. You can't fill up this bucket without the grace of God. I need grace for everything. 
So without the grace of God, we will be nothing. So we need the grace of God to do what God has called us to do. We need the grace of God to be born again. And then we need the grace of God to do whatever God has called us to do because he called us to a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. It's all about him. It's not about us. It's all the grace of God. So anything that's in this bucket, anything that I've accomplished, anything that brings glory to God's name, it all came by the grace of God. It wasn't me. And all the stuff that I did is over there. And that stuff is going to be burnt up. That's wood and hay hay and stubble. And that's self-righteousness and all the things that I did that was self-centered. All the things that I did were full of pride, full of self. Things that I did because I wanted my name to be great and all of those things. But over here, anything that I did to bring glory to his name, everything that I did that empowered by his goodness, his grace, his favor, his wisdom, his it's all him and not me. All of these things are going to remain. And everything that I did in that bucket, and I want that bucket to be huge, it's all by the grace of God. I need grace for everything. You got it? That's why I preach the grace life. That This is it. I'm not saying, maybe 10 years from now, I have a, a better understanding. I could teach something else. But for right now, the reason why I teach grace every day is because that's what I understand. This is where my, my, my journey with God has brought me to this point. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Everything we do in response to God, we do it by faith. And our faith lays hold of God's grace so we can become the men and women that God has called us to be. It's really that simple. I said a lot today. I'm telling you, this is one of those messages you definitely need to share. You need to get this out in your heart. You might need to listen to it again. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. The good news of your grace is often so good that it seems too good to be true, but I know it is true. You love me with an everlasting love. You sent your son Jesus to die for me, and he died in my place. He did this by grace. I did nothing to earn it. I did nothing to deserve it. I accepted Jesus as my Lord, and I am born again. Now that salvation has come to me by grace, I am learning that earthly success is also available to me by your grace. If all you wanted was for me to make it to heaven, I would be dead. But since I'm still here, it means I'm not done. You have an assignment for me. It's far greater than anything I could ever accomplish on my own. The good news is that I don't need to. Just like I accepted your grace for salvation, I accept your grace for earthly success. I believe and I receive it. I am on this planet to bring glory to your name. I will accomplish everything you sent me to this planet to accomplish. I will do it in your name. I will do it by your grace. I will do it for your glory. My life is all about you. I received grace for salvation. I now receive grace for success. And I declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow there'll be another one. So please apply it and prosper. And look, my notes, I send out my notes every day for free. So if you don't get my notes, why not? You get them for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. 
You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I need you to do me a favor. Two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. We need grace for everything. Walk in the grace of God. Live the grace life, y'all. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.